Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into this year's finalists and winners from our wealthmanagement.com industry awards. These interviews cover the challenges, innovations, and trends in the wealth management industry and the individuals working to help advisors better help their clients. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthies Podcast. This is the podcast where we speak to the folks who have won our wealthmanagement.com industry awards, the awards which recognize initiatives designed to help advisors succeed. My name is Davis Janowski, and I'm the Senior Technology Editor at Wealth Management. And today I'm speaking with Carolyn Armitage, Head of Thrivent Advisor Network. Thanks for joining us, Carolyn. Thank you, Davis. My pleasure. For folks who, uh, who don't know you. What is Thrivent and the Thrivent Advisor Network, and uh, what problems are you solving for advisors? Yeah, thank you for asking. So, Thrivent Advisor Network is a wholly owned subsidiary of Thrivent, and we are a community of socially-minded professionals who share a calling to make an impact on this world. We are an independent, fee-only RIA. However, we have the ability to be a hybrid RIA for those that still have their securities licenses and want to hold them, they can do so with an outside unaffiliated entity that we partner with. Thrivent has a 100 year tradition and so we're building a platform for the long haul, not a platform to sell as many of the consolidators and integrators are out there in the industry. We're really building this out for the next 100 years. And so that gives advisors a peace of mind, knowing of who they're partnering with and not that their clients and their employees will be subject to a variety of sale transactions over the years. So our financial advisors have the opportunity to make an impact on their clients' lives across generations. By partnering with a purpose-led organization that supports their personal values, we really take care of each other. It's a foundational element of Thrivent's origin. So I, I understand you recently left an investment banking and consulting role to head up Thrivent Advisor Network. What, what attracted you to join the TAN? Yeah, thank you for asking. I actually do get asked this question a lot because it's only been uh, a little while since I've been here, uh, roughly half a year. And while Thrivent wasn't the first firm, to approach me, this really felt like a calling. It's the right optimal opportunity for the TAN employees, the financial advisors, Thrivent and myself. I really feel that financial planning is a noble calling and the TAN opportunity really aligns with my passion for building lasting relationships, my experience in the independent advisor community for over 30 years, and my expertise in the wealth management marketplace and M&A, as well as my ethics. I don't know if you know this, but Thrivent has been named one of the world's most ethical companies for 10 years in a row now by Ethisphere Institute. And their positioning of live generously really resonates with my soul and who I am as a, per as a person. So at TAN, we enjoy the confidence in knowing that transparency and ethics are at the heart of everything that we do, so much so Thrivent even put a heart into their logo. <laughs> yeah. What is your team at TAN going to be focusing on in the, the year ahead? And what's what you got, got you most excited 
about what's coming up. Yeah, thank you. If I may tweak the question just a little bit in that I've been with TAN uh, since middle of 21. I'm looking at the priorities from 21 on to 22. As I came to TAN, I started focusing on the people of the organization. Uh, secondly, the strengthening the TAN support services for our financial advisors, and then putting together the right strategic plan that can take us through the next decade, which is largely growth oriented. So the people plan is in place. It's mostly complete. I'm still in the process of hiring a couple of additional folks uh, to our team. I've designed the improved services for our financial advisors and put together the strategic plan that we're in the process of implementing. And so for 2022, you're going to see TAN show up in the marketplace because really we've been a relatively unknown RIA in the marketplace over the last two years, given that we started at the end of 2019 and registered with SEC then, and we've been through COVID and there haven't been a lot of conferences and such. Hopefully we can present ourselves in a much more robust way in the 22 landscape through conferences and media and messaging to advisors of the terrific values and offering that we have at TAN. You know, and, and, and because you said it's TAN's not necessarily such a household name yet among advisors, how, how is it that you plan to uh, compete against some of the larger players? Some of them, some of them, you know, backed pretty seriously by private equity firms. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. In fact, I think the competition component is really to our advantage, quite frankly. At TAN and Thrivent, we're building something very special. And quite frankly, it's not for everybody. This opportunity, whether it's to come in and affiliate with TAN on a 1099 independent contractor basis, where the financial advisor keeps their own brand and stays completely independent, or they end up having TAN be their succession plan and selling into us either for cash or equity. This opportunity is where the advisors can have the comfort level of knowing that they are selling into an organization that's part of a Fortune 500 company that has high ethics, full transparency, and a quality, quality group of individuals who will be taking care of their clients and their employees in perpetuity, not that the firm will be rolled up and sold in another four to seven years like private equity firms are. Private equity firms are in it for the financial gain. That is their number one objective. They may dress it up with other value-added services and such, but at the end of the day, that's what a private equity firm is looking for. At TAN, we are building this out for the next 100 years to take care of clients and their clients, uh, I'm sorry, and then their families and heirs for generations to come. We look at the lifetime value of clients, not a simple financial transaction. So we like to call this independence with impact. That's nice to hear. Too many, too many firms out there don't have that point of view. Well, when it comes to, uh, to advisors, you know, if you had to give some, some advice to independent advisors out there uh, that want to 
accelerate their growth? What would you suggest to them that they need to do in terms of key strategies for, for 2022? Yeah, it's a uh, very diverse question based on the level that the firm and the advisor are at today and what their objectives are. I think drawing on the experience that I've had most recently as an investment banker and consultant to the RA independent industry, I think the number one issue that advisors need to be concerned of is being crushed under the weight of their own success. And I know that sounds a little contradictory to, okay, I wanna grow, what should I do to grow? You do need to be mindful of managing that growth. And most financial advisors got into this business because they love working with clients. They love helping people succeed and want to solve problems. And as this industry has been so robust for the last decade, and especially the last couple of years, advisors are having issues with their capacity, the ability to keep pace with their growth. And so one trend that I've seen over the last five years is that while financial advisors are growing, and many of them are growing, you know, well into the 20% category, they have started to outsource many things that they really held on to for the prior 20 years. And this is a fundamental change in the independent advisor space. And what I mean by that is advisors are outsourcing their asset management, which was a big hold that they used to want to keep near and dear to their office, realizing it can be much more efficient to outsource that asset management. They're outsourcing their IT work, their compliance work, even their HR and back office functions. When advisors can offload some of that administrative burdens, they can then better focus on their clients, on doing what they love, and quite frankly, being more fulfilled while they still have a lot of financial success. And with that, they have such a more enjoyable experience. They can still build a very robust, highly valued financial business while enjoying the process along the way and be able to give back to their communities or whatever um, nonprofits that they like to pursue. We like to call this success with significance. And that's where, you know, we all have a, just a short amount of time really on in the space that we're working in. And for folks to be able to enjoy the process more and not have to control everything, those financial advisors usually end up having better financial lives and enjoying the process so much more than those that are trying to do everything. Well, if you could uh, give just one piece of advice to advisors to accelerate their growth in the year ahead, what, what would that be? So one piece of advice I would give financial advisors to accelerate their growth, I would say to know their priorities, right? So if they're looking to grow, define why they're looking to grow. What's the end point? What are you trying to achieve? If you're trying to grow for better profitability, there's ways that you can do that beyond adding on more financial advisors. There's so many different ways you can grow. You can go deeper penetration with your clients in the number of services that you're offering to them or share of wallet. You can go 
deeper in their relationships with their heirs. You can charge differently. You can expand the number of services, or you can grow inorganically by acquiring firms and adding on additional services. I think what is most important here is for the financial advisors to never stop learning and kind of experimenting at what works for them until they find the right formula that works best for them and their objectives. But knowing yourself and knowing why you want to grow, because quite frankly, growth isn't for everybody. There's a lot of financial advisors that are very content with the business that they've built. It's very financially rewarding. And quite frankly, they're comfortable with that. Generally, firms are in the mindset of wanting to grow because growth provides opportunities. It provides opportunities for their employees. It provides opportunities for their clients to be able to add on specialists or specialized services that maybe you didn't offer before. And that can provide a better experience for your clients. But quite frankly, not all advisors want to grow. It's more that financial mindset where firms often want to grow for the financial rewards as well as being able to provide better services for their clients. One element I would love to add is that while it gets a lot of airplay, I don't think there's enough action around building a solid plan for advisors' legacies. So we talk uh, as an industry a lot about succession planning. However, most financial advisors don't have a documented or executed succession plan or a contingency plan, right? A contingency plan is that unexpected retirement. If something happened to a financial advisor, the value of that business, if nothing's in place, falls by generally one half. And that can be devastating to their families and their heirs, not to mention all the impact it has on their clients that they've spent the last 10, 20, 30 years serving. And of course, employees are left in shambles as well. So it's really important. And in my view, actually fiduciary, fiduciary respectful to have a continuity plan documented in place for your business, as well as a succession plan of what happens when you want to look to your own retirement, who's going to be the steward for your clients and your clients' assets. So I know we're coming up to New Year's and New Year's re resolutions often get put in place. It'd be terrific if we could see more financial advisors put a New Year's resolution in place for them and their clients going forward. Yeah, that would be good. It's uh, the days of the the leather bound ledger with your your actual book of business written down in it is uh, should be passed by now. Well, I'm afraid that's all the time we have today. I've been speaking with Carolyn Armitage, head of Thrive and Advisor Network. Thanks a lot for joining us, Carolyn. Thank you, Davis. It's my pleasure. And I'm your host, Davis Janowski, senior tech editor at WealthManagement.com, and I thank you for spending a little time with us today. This content has been made for information and educational purposes only. The views and opinions represent the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of wealthmanagement.com.